0: It's okay, you I don't have to be wanted by you. This is a First Amendment right on a public Bro, square. Keep your mouth shut. No, I'm not gonna keep my mouth shut. They're I wanna like see. What do you mouth. have to you say? You guys can stop engaging me. You, 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 you guys can completely, completely stop right? engaging me. This guy's a clown. You a You're to a to clown, your too. audience yeah. are clowns, they're That's all cool. fucking clowns. No I have a little, he little bit. he's not. Huge. Little baby diaper babies. You're all a bunch of fucking clowns. Fuck you, fuck this guy. It's okay. What's up clowns and diaper babies? Welcome to America Unhinged Radio. I am your host Cosmic Marauder. Thank you for joining me this evening. For everybody listening on the audio-only platforms, thank you guys so much for making these last two weeks the biggest of my podcast. I got about, I'm going to be approaching 2,000 downloads within, you know, two or three weeks. So that's going to be pretty sick. I'm excited for that to happen. Everybody on Substack, go check out americaunhinged.substack.com i will be re-uploading my interview with adam kokesh on there to test out the video beta but anyway it's official people we are going to war we have a great comment by john arch right here it says hey iver marauder i saw this shit i bet dollars to sandwiches that the whites are going in first too. the new meat grinder well 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 sir you are not mistaken we have a few other Comments. Ivor says, welcome to SoCal. Uh, Ivor says, how many guys are running around Russia derailing trains and looking for this shit? That's true. We have a quick clip from the ifographic show. It's less than a minute long. It's a short. This is probably everything. This is probably the whole reason why we are going to Ukraine in the first place. It's this short little video. World War II weapons being used in Ukraine. Oh. Time to upgrade, like the Taliban. Y'all know what I'm saying? Nah, I mean.
1: Video's about to start, here we go. Ever since Russia's war on Ukraine began, the civilian militias forming the backbone of Ukraine's resistance have largely been armed with the TT-30 pistol. This reliable Oof. pistol was ironically widely used by the Soviets during the
0: Second World War. They I don't know if reliable is the word. You, most people should not be hard with that if you are going to engage in a war with Russia.
1: Also, use a trio of submachine guns the PPD 40, the PPSH 41, and the PPS 43. All were stockpiled by the Soviets after World War II and were available for the Ukrainians to press back into service. Even classic M1910 30 machine guns are still in action based on First World War guns that were updated. Both sides of the war are still using them in the border regions of Ukraine that are heavily contested. But it's not just guns. The IS-3 Soviet heavy tank was introduced during the end of the Second World War and is being brought out of storage now. These tanks are hardy, but not anywhere nearly as effective as today's tanks. So why are these weapons still being used? Because both Ukraine and Russia have limited resources, especially the latter due to sanctions. And old weapons are better
0: than none. Until now, everybody gets an upgrade in this new world war. Um, Maybe except for Russia I don't know how they're doing but apparently they had a giant almost a, a successful military strike today from what I understand the Pentagon had a news briefing on this we will look into this right after a couple of short videos right here but here we have a US, fri-
2: US fighter in Ukraine detailing horrors of war this is very important guys. This is very serious. Not Hollywood. Day, Russian President Vladimir Putin claimed the world faces the most dangerous decade since World War II. Stanley Kubrick in didn't a make this four-hour diatribe. He blamed the US and the West for the war in Ukraine and then he denied threatening to use nuclear weapons. Well, CBS's Holly Williams today got a firsthand this account from of, the two ago. of that war from an American volunteer in Ukraine. John's about to be pissed. I want to warn you that some of what he describes is disturbing. You could hear
3: shooting, but then you could also hear grunts and people, like, fighting to the death with their bare hands.
4: He's from Tennessee, he told us, and came to fight in Ukraine because he was horrified by the Russian invasion. He wants to be known only by his call sign, Elvis. <laughs> okay, bro. like something out of World War Two.
3: Yeah, this is nothing like... Any conflict in the past?
0: Oh, I'm so glad this guy can go ahead and tell us with all of his years on his earth and his uh, decades of wisdom. I'm so glad we have a real historian fighting on the front lines to tell us that this is nothing like we've ever seen before.
5: Man,
3: (sighs) heavy shit. They're 70 to 80 years.
5: On the front
4: line in southern Ukraine, he says he repeatedly witnessed Russian forces using
0: white phosphorus munitions. It comes
3: down extremely slow. But there's nothing you can do, and everything it touches just...
0: Didn't we hear about this white phosphorus in Syria? Isn't this one of the go-tos in the playbook? Am I wrong on this? was it phosphorus used in something else recently? Isn't that basically napalm? Incinerates.
4: Including this incident.
3: About 20 or 30 guys burning alive. Um, and several gunshots. Because uh, there was nothing else they do. So a lot of guys have suicide pistols, and you'd hear them scream, and then... They would say good-
0: suicide pistols, huh? Goodbye, and then blow their and heads off.
4: Oh, was that? It must have been horrific.
3: It's war. At least that's what I tell myself.
4: He admits that he's.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Look at that selfie. Do you still think this is a righteous war? <laughs> yes,
3: absolutely. We're. Fighting-
0: oh my god! If this wasn't such a LARP, I wouldn't make fun of this. In pure
3: evil. Anybody in the West that asks Ukraine to just do peace talks, they need to go through these villages. They need to see what's been done to these people.
0: They need to go. If
3: China invaded the U.S. hypothetically. Massacred.
0: That. Just just throwing it out there. If, if China say invaded the U.S. But...
3: Do you think the U.S. would just sue for peace? No.
0: Russia
4: has previously denied using white phosphorus munitions here in Ukraine. Elvis told us that if other Americans are thinking of volunteering with Ukraine's military, they
2: should know they'll be fighting for their lives. Nora. Incredibly chilling interview.
0: Yeah, nobody knows why this fuck was put on camera, John. (laughs) Ivor says napalm sticks to kids. Kids, dude? What the fuck? Um, Here is... The major news video I'm finding on YouTube, I'm not seeing very much direct like, um, you know, U.S. announces troops on grounds kind of video. But I do have a video right here. U.S. 101st, uh Airborne Division deployed near Ukraine's border. This seems to be the troops on the ground. This seems to be what they are talking about here. They're obviously going to be hiding a lot from us right now. Don't forget the like button. Today,
6: a senior U.S. government official rejected a new claim by Russia's defense minister. He claimed that Ukraine is preparing to detonate a radioactive dirty bomb with Western on its own territory. Well, bombs did in fact target Ukraine today. They were Russian,
0: not a dirty bomb. We only want clean bombs. Okay, clean bombs are okay.
6: In the southern city of Mikolajiv, right now, the United States has about one hundred thousand troops in Europe. CBS's Charlie yeah, we know Daggett what's happening is there with either. some of them along Romania's border with Ukraine.
4: F 18 fighter jets take flight off the deck of the USS George H.W. Bush in the Adriatic Sea, taking the lead in NATO exercises dubbed Neptune Strike in support of European allies. NATO released this footage
0: of American F-22 fighter jets in formation with Man, these airplanes are fucking sick. Are these airplanes, spaceships, UAPs? I don't know. I don't know what the fuck is happening in the Russia-Ukraine war. Do you guys know what the fuck is happening? The disinformation campaign is high.
4: Italian Eurofighters and Polish F-16s, even MiG-29s over the skies of Poland. It coincides with two weeks of NATO nuclear training drills currently...
0: This is disturbing, too. There's a whole lot of nuclear tests going around. I don't know why we're even speaking that word. They should treat that shit like Macbeth in the White House. Don't even say the word nuclear for for fear that the Candyman may come. What the fuck are these guys doing? Just tempting, tempting the beast.
4: Underway. While on the ground, we joined America's most forward troops near the Ukrainian go, 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 go. border. The 101st Airborne Division from Fort Campbell, Kentucky, now headquartered in Europe for the first time since World War
0: II. A lot of echoes of World War II, eh? They just love this right now. This is the ace in the hole every time. Certain parties or certain factions want to stay in power in our U.S. government. There seems to be a new war.
4: With Colonel Edwin Mathedis and Brigadier General John Lubis we board Black Hawk helicopters to the edge of... Did he just say Black Hawk? ...of NATO territory. Why is it necessary to have the 101st
0: here? Well, we do, We either. bring a unique capability from our aerosol uh, capabilities. It's also... That's what I'm scared about. To us to return
4: to Europe after
7: 80 years away.
4: With the Ukrainian border less than five miles away, we reached the forward operating site, where soldiers of the 101st and Romanian troops unleashed a live fire assault on targets in a simulated battle.
0: This is exactly a kind of combat scenario. (sighs) How much of this is actually being simulated?
4: Ukrainian forces are facing every single day. The big difference here is these Romanian troops are backed up with U.S. military firepower.
1: Every shot has to count. Every training event has to be the best we could do. It's something that our allies want to emulate. And then, of course, our adversaries are watching.
4: A show of force <laughs> for America's allies. What a dork. Adversaries alike. Charlie Daggett of CBS News.
0: All right, CBS News. Thank you. Thank you for that. Silly ass clip of the US one of first airborne Right here let's go To a couple of uh, articles I have saved on Twitter Let's go ahead and check it out Everybody smash the like button if you have it Here is a video From Jack of uh, 2014 Anti-war protesters at the Obama rally in Detroit 2014
8: You overthrew Legitimate Ukraine in
0: 2014! Pacific's a fad. What's up, Jordan? <laughs> Stop provoking nuclear war with Russia! You're going
6: to
0: kill us in nuclear war! Funny, these guys... There's always seems to be a Russia-Ukraine conflict whenever Obama and Biden are in power. But let's get to the Zero Hedge article. Shout out Zero Hedge. You can follow them on Twitter. They are a fantastic news source. By Tyler Durden. Two bombshell reports by the Associated Press and Washington Post Monday and Tuesday have confirmed the United States has boots on the ground in the Ukraine conflict. Crucially, these troops are performing tasks separate from mere embassy security. The American troops are said to be performing, quote, inspections, unquote, of U.S. weapon caches after last week, the State Department of Pentagon unveiled a new plan to track U.S.-supplied weapons and efforts to implement accountability for the billions of dollars worth of arms and ammunition transferred to Ukrainian forces since near the start of the war eight months ago. Quote, A small number of U.S. military forces inside Ukraine have recently begun doing on-site inspections to ensure that Ukrainian troops are properly accounting for the Western-provided weapons they receive, a senior U.S. defense official told Pentagon reporters Monday. A Pentagon briefing confirmed this small conting- contingency of troops has been advised <clears throat> to not do inspections close to the front lines of fighting. The official who spoke on condition of anonymity to provide a military update will not say where the inspections are taking place or how close to the battlefronts the U.S. troops are getting. The official said U.S. personnel can't do inspections, quote, close to the front lines, but said they're going where security conditions allow. There have already been several inspections overseen by U.S. Defense Attaché and a U.S. Office of Defense Cooperation Team based out of the Ukrainian capital. The report underscores that U.S. President Joe Biden has ruled out any combat role for U.S. forces inside Ukraine. However, <clears throat> what's clear is that despite the White House's ruling out of combat troops, this is the start of perhaps inevitable mission creep, As an... Anh- Ugh as has been seen in other conflict zones, such as Syria. If U.S. troops are doing inspections of Ukrainian arms and ammo, presumably Russia is currently targeting any and all Ukrainian military bases. This puts American troops and assets in Russia's crosshairs, greatly increasing the possibility that the U.S. and Russia could stumble into a direct shooting war. In a follow-up Tuesday report, the Washington Post detailed the following. U.S. monitors have conducted in-person inspections for only about 10% of the 22,000 U.S.-provided weapons sent to Ukraine that require special oversight. U.S. officials who spoke on the condition of anonymity to provide details that have not been made public previously, so they are racing to deploy new means for tracking weapons seen as having a heightened risk of diversion, including Stinger service-to-air missiles and Javelin anti-tank missiles amid what they describe as Ukrainian super-hot conflict. National Security Council spokeswoman Adrienne Watson says the Ukrainians have been cooperating as willing partners in weapons accountability and implementing measures ensuring proper chain of custody. Quote, while we recognize the unpredictability of combat, the United States and Ukraine have cooperated to prevent illicit weapons diversion since Russia's further invasion began earlier this year. Now let's get to W-I-O-N on this from a segment or a show called Gravitas. Why did Biden lose his temper on Zelensky? And it is rumored this happened back in June, but the news is only coming out now. Don't forget to hit the smash button. Make sure you like it. Make sure you subscribe. Our next
9: story is from Ukraine. It concerns the country's president, Volodymyr Zelensky, the poster boy of the West resistance against Russia. The embodiment of defined bravery for Europe and its allies. That's exactly what they called him when Russia had invaded Ukraine. But do they treat him as such? Not really. A new report shared some interesting insights on how the West treats Volodymyr Zelensky, especially the United States, a country which promised to do whatever it takes to help Ukraine. Turns out it is, but not without condensation, According to one report, Biden recently lost his temper during a phone call with Zelensky. Why? Why? He he wasn't showing enough gratitude.
0: (laughs) That's something that only a dictator or a mob boss would would say. Like, yeah, you're not showing me enough gratitude. So we're not going to give you as much aid as you want. Let's not, I mean... Forget about the fact that he agreed to send him aid in the first place. The fact that he like demands that he show graciousness is just beyond me.
9: The phone call took place in June. It was about a new financial aid package. A $1 billion package of military aid. Zelensky apparently wanted more. So he started to list out the additional help he needed, but wasn't getting. And this is when the American president reportedly lost his temper. He raised his voice mm-hmm. to remind Zelensky how generous the Americans were being.
0: You remember Trump trying to uh, investigate the firing of some Ukrainian prose- prosecutors?
9: And how Zelensky... I said more prostitutes. gratitude to them. But the
0: prosecutors.
9: Now, before I go further, let me make this very clear. These are reports at best. They may or may not be true. But as they say... There's no smoke without fire. So what this supposed clash reflects is a kind of pressure that the U.S. president is currently under for sending billions of dollars to Ukraine at the expense of the American taxpayer. That's what analysts are saying, and not without reason. Look at the headline on your screen now. Biden is facing incredible resistance from both Republicans and Democrats on congressional support to Ukraine. In fact, just last week, a group of 30 so-called progressive Democrats sent a letter to Biden to <laughs> so his Ukraine strategy. They asked him to pursue direct engagement with Russia and stop spending enormous amounts of money to keep the war going. Allow me now to quote <laughs> their statement.
0: It says, a lot cheaper than fighting in Poland. <laughs> no doubt.
9: As legislators (laughs) responsible for the expenditure of tens of billions of U.S. taxpayer dollars in military assistance in the conflict, we believe that such involvement in this war also creates a responsibility for the United States to seriously consider all possible avenues, including direct engagement with Russia. That's not all. When the U.S. State Department was asked to comment on the matter, this is what its spokesperson said. I'm quoting again. Right now, we have heard from Ukrainian partners repeatedly that this war will only end through diplomacy and dialogue. So what does this tell you? That there's a growing sentiment in America that the funding to Ukraine needs to be reassessed. At the... Reassessed?
0: Bitch, we want it to stop. Nobody is on board with this. Anybody that I know... I hear fucking Liptar's at the bar talk about that ship. That's the only place I ever hear about any pro-Ukraine support. If you go to a workplace, everybody's like, "Uh, maybe we should just let them be, yo. (laughs) Maybe we should just let them be. Russia wants it. They want it.
9: At the same time, America should explore diplomacy and dialogue with the Russians.
0: (laughs) I don't know. the timing
9: of this report on the biden zelensky call. Also, of what's unfolding in America is very crucial it's all happening in the run-up to the midterm polls they're scheduled for the 8th of november that's just a week from now the ele- these elections are very important they will determine which party controls just
0: give it democrats. to russia
9: the prospects of democrats winning don't look good they're trailing in most come on votes. they're expected to lose their stronghold And to add to their worries, Republicans have amplified their rhetoric on Ukraine, with some Republican leaders going as far as saying that there won't be a blank check for Ukrainians if they win control of the chamber from Democrats.
0: Everybody watching in the chat, one, if we should just give Ukraine to Russia, two, if we should protect their sovereignty somehow, or three, uh... I don't know, you just don't really give a fuck, I guess.
9: Naturally, this has raised concerns that Republicans might choke, if not end American aid to Ukraine altogether. So Team Biden is on tricky terrain here. They can't afford to lose these polls. So what do they do? They try to balance their narrative.
0: Ivor's going to be the only one to vote. He must but be Ukrainian.
9: Tell all reports on how Joe Biden's... Or Kazarian. Told Zelensky ...to be a more, bit more thankful... Hill's hoping it yields the desired results for them.
0: Oh, what a mess. What a mess. What a horrible war we found ourselves in. What an accident. Let's go ahead. We got a few more videos before the press conference. That's kind of our main segment tonight. We got a lot of short clips. Onboard historic NATO deployment with U.S. troops
2: from CBS Evening News. Turning now overseas, the president... Of this is from 11 Ukraine days ago. ...Russia is planning to blow up a dam. I think this is also about the 101st Airborne. <laughs> ...at a hydroelectric plant near the Russian-occupied city of Kherson, and that would trigger Motherfuckers. a large-scale disaster. And there was a rare phone call today between U.S. Defense Secretary... I hate Lloyd this guy. Austin ...and his Russian counterpart. It was their first conversation since May. Now, just over the border... Uh, was- by the way,
0: let's just go ahead and say that Marauder called it. Iris says, my aunt Luba is Ukrainian. We knew it's a little bit too personal. We're just Mexican over here. So we like, we care about like Jesus first, uh, like Mexicans, uh, native Indian Mexicans, uh, Spanish. We all celebrate Columbus and all of that order. And then last is German and Irish because Irish are just always last, right? They're the Mexico of Europe. I'm just kidding. I'm just joking about my own ethnicity. It's funny.
2: CBS News was given exclusive access to the Army's 101st Airborne Division as they are deployed to Europe for the first time since the last World War. Irish! CBS's Charlie Daggett is there. Oh, Hassan Piker! Hey, to- I'm coming to you! Go, 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 go! The soldiers of the
4: 101st Airborne Division, now the closest no, no. U.S. forces to the fight no. in Ukraine. We joined Colonel Edwin Mathetis and Brigadier General John Lubis on board a Black Hawk helicopter. Black where we Hawks. Flew along the coast of the Black Sea, across those same waters from Russian held territory in Ukraine, including. There's a lot, Crimea. lot of talk
0: about Black Hawk. We got two major tasks, right? To, to assure our allies... And I have to react to the video so they don't copyright
4: claim it. Sorry. Fully aware those adversaries have eyes on everything this close.
10: That part of it? That's the entire part of it. That's just the whole deter aspect, right? They know that we're here. They know that we're ready.
0: These guys, why do they all look the same? Like, they they try to make it look the same a little bit, but man, the people they put on TV are always pretty dumb. And... They're never very bright, and they always look the same. I, I don't. I don't understand. We're just coming within three, three. And such a, a of psy-op. The Ukrainian border. In fact, that city behind us is in
4: Ukraine. We're right on the edge of NATO territory. <laughs> black reached a forward <laughs> operating site to watch forces of the 101st Screaming Eagles in joint exercises with Romanian troops. Hobbies checking off to this. ...open fire with live rods. A drill designed to replicate... But hear exactly.
0: me out, out Ivor. If you had a military of a bunch of, like, different-looking, like, street people, and you just, like, deployed out of a helicopter, like, how confused do you think the enemy would be for a second? And then you just whip out your guns and you start blasting. That's what I'm talking about.
4: Battle conditions in Ukraine... Roughly 4,700 soldiers of the 101st have been sent from Fort Campbell, Kentucky to reinforce...
0: Kentucky? Man, they're sending our good old boys out there again.
4: On war footing. This is a full deployment. Yeah, this is not a training deployment. This is a combat deployment for us. We understand that we need to be ready to fight tonight.
0: Yeah, you go in street clothes. It's like definitely a Trojan horse situation. Everybody comes out in like party and rave gear. They look all gay, but then... You know, they have guns on them somewhere and then they just start fucking decimating these Russians,
4: Uh, depending on how the situation escalates across the border.
0: In this case, that border includes the Black Sea
4: right behind us. This marks the first time the 101st Airborne Division has been headquartered here in Europe since World War Two. The general told us that symbolism is not lost on his soldiers.
0: You see this? The news media, our government, everybody else believes in symbolism, but they tell you you can't believe in your symbols. Whenever you want to analyze things and you want to criticize things, they're quick to they're quick to judge you for criticizing the narrative. But look at this narrative they're painting right here. Isn't this a farce? What a farce, man. They're gonna send us to war for nothing, bro. Here, we got some uh we got some GoPro footage right here from Newsy. young american fight in ukraine gopros war whoa, whoa, whoa.
5: this is the Dude. front line view from a trench in eastern ukraine See, Terrence malik would be jealous
0: <laughs> Terrence malik is jealous of the whole ukraine war <laughs> war footage and so is uh the Saving Private Ryan guy, Spielberg—they're so jealous at all this. They might even be, they might even be doing through it through
5: the GoPro camera of a young American, 23 years old, who does not speak the language of his fellow soldiers.
0: Right telegrams all right. bullshit iver. All these
5: guys don't speak i want to tell you
0: i want to tell iver why i don't go on telegram dude i went on telegram right being like like a moderate pro-trump thing and i just got flooded with insanely racist nazi shit just spammed like so bad i got a lot of follows but i had to like stop it because i didn't want any part of it and on telegram i think it's a lot like Twitter, I think Telegram is like even cracked out because you can really, really find everything you're looking for one-sided and find all kinds of shit to fit the narrative, but I'm, I don't know. Maybe I should look into the Telegram more, but I'm super sketched out by Telegram, just officially on the record.
11: <laughs> How does that work? <laughs> Most of the English that the Ukrainians speak is like battlefield. Like command, insanely
0: or, racist hold, shit. I or got. defend,
11: or attack, or
5: uh, reload, or cover me. Good day. Why are you with a unit that doesn't have any English?
0: Oh, shit. Kevin, bro, DM me on Twitter if you got any links on this. He's saying right now, he said, take off shooting fake as fuck. Do you think he's hiding or did he really die? What do you think, dude? Man, that's interesting. Take off from Migos.
1: <laughs>
11: the English speakers that was in the unit yeah originally. but some of them left but
0: Iver, he's saying okay iris says i was thinking people blown apart by artillery okay do you have russians being blown apart by artillery are you trying to tell me that there's nobody in the donbas region getting blown apart by ukraine government like what is what is the point here because i know you're heavily pro ukraine right like all fairness you know no judgment there but like You don't really say anything about the other aspect of this struggle over this region. The fact that they broke basically the agreement that, you know, we came to in 91 over the Berlin Wall. I don't know. It's pretty. It's just interesting. There's a lot of questions I um, have. uh,
11: We're killed, unfortunately. Ukraine is going to be defended to my last dying breath.
5: Nuzi first met Alex, who asked his real name not be used, back in May. He'd come to Kiev with a fellow foreign fighter. The day after this interview, he headed east alone to join a mostly Ukrainian army unit. Hit that son of a- in the months that ensued, he fought in Kharkiv and then the Donbass region. Oh, was part of the larger fighting okay, force in the lightning counteroffensive.
0: Not much about NATO is very formal, but we assumed a lot with it. We took a lot of liberties for the past 30 years. We could agree on that, right? We definitely took a lot of liberties with that agreement.
11: Crying tears of joy. We did it.
5: Out. I like this little debate For a few hours, on his way to meet up with a special unit. I know you don't want to talk about. You're your not your like
0: dog. non-secretor, who I was trying to baptize via the interwebs on Jack's show. That was pretty rough. I was pretty drunk, but I still think I was right.
5: Going next, what you're doing next? What do you think the next few weeks are going to be like for you?
11: More battle, more like this union in particular. Is, All right,
0: is, I have a uh, respect. We got to talk about fight, this. when these Some people
11: are more. like, they get their hands dirty. And that's what I want to get in.
5: In other words, less time in the trenches where he fires at an enemy he rarely and barely sees.
10: Yeah, I see him.
5: And I just
0: want to make this like a formal appeal to everybody that follows me on Twitter and YouTube. If you guys want like counterpoints or you like, you want to make the argument against videos and send me like a series of articles and videos, I'll totally cover it. I'll totally cover it with an open mind, like for real, and address it. I'll post a whole hour video. Like if you guys send me some sources or want to educate me on this, I'm totally free to do that. I'm actually really into that kind of thing, like having my mind changed. I'm really, I really like that. He goes.
11: I saw a Russian run from his fighting position, his little hole, and he ran to the next fighting position. I think I hit him. I hope it
0: oh, oh shit! I accidentally, um, went back there, but I, I was trying to pause it because I want to ask Ivor. He said Putin violated a non-aggression principle. But what do you do in a region where there's a referendum to be independent and free and the Ukrainian government didn't really recognize their sovereignty, right? Like in the United States, I think that if we we're in a completely fair world and one state wanted to secede from the Union, I think we should probably let them secede, but our constitution doesn't allow for that. So in the terms of that kind of legal framework, the foundation of nation states, like being put on paper versus like historical homelands. How do you reconcile all this? We're going to come to this um, reconciliation in the century, and the whole world is going to have to take part.
11: And when they read the list of heroes, that means those who are not coming back.
5: And my pals were on that list. A few weeks ago, Alex shared photos of the tank in which he was. I think to that a friend of his The sergeant
11: pulled me over and said, Hey, Bradley, I need some help. And I said, we need help with Washington.
5: And
0: I
11: agree if that's Instead, the case. Moving bodies. I was like, oh, inside the...
0: I also agree that... I also know, actually, I got to uh, enter in a caveat on this. I, I studied Russian and Eurasian politics a little bit. I wrote a paper on Ukrainian and Russian politics, you know, in the early to mid-90s. I wish I could remember all of it. But, you know, Obama was totally dipping his hands into these color revolutions in Tunisia and Ukraine. I mean Egypt that is like a marker of the Obama administration. So what is um what's your opinion on that? Like there's this referendum, this revolution that we kind of coerced in Ukraine, but we're trying to pretend like it was a valid uprising. I think there's a lot to talk about on
11: this. The tank
5: was the body
11: of a Ukrainian sergeant.
5: It was someone he'd met before who had thanked Alex I for love his Twitter. service in Ukraine. And you pulled him out of the tank?
11: He was in pieces.
5: That sounds traumatic. From... Beyond words, six months and 5,700 miles away from home. How much longer do you think you're going to be here?
11: I'm going to be here for the winter. I know that much. But I don't know. I don't know. Cheek, cheek, what's up? cheek, what's Go? Yeah? Yeah. Go do you see him? He's right there. I'm not quitting. I can say that much. I'm far.
0: Anyway, that's a goofy-ass video. Thank you guys so much for joining me, man. Really great shit. We are still going. We're probably halfway through. We got some more reactions. Let's get to the press conference, shall we? I believe this is the press conference today where troops are confirmed on the ground. This is the Pentagon reaction to a massive Russian strike in Ukraine hosted by nobody else but the PBS NewsHour.
12: That's right, Ivor. He was. We'll also express his gratitude to their families for their support and for the sacrifices they continue to make for our nation.
0: Revolution. The U.S. and
12: Republic of Korea units began exercise Vigilant Storm yesterday, which is a training event that will enhance combat readiness and interoperability for all units involved. (laughs) Approximately 240 aircraft and thousands of service members from the ROK Air Force, U.S. Air Force, U.S. Marine Corps, U.S. Navy, and U.S. Army will participate in this training. This year's event, which was long scheduled, will strengthen the operational and tactical capabilities, of combined air operations, and support our strong combined defense posture. Looking ahead, Secretary Austin will attend the U.S. Space Force Change of Responsibility Ceremony tomorrow at Joint Base Andrews, which will include a retirement ceremony for the Space Force's first... Can Chief we just go ahead? <clears throat> General John w.
0: J. I'm sorry. Can we go ahead and remark on how this little badge conglomerate that he has—that shit is so LGBTQ plus that I it it hurts me to even say it. That is some
12: new world order shit. Raymond, Secretary of the Air Force Frank Kendall will officiate the change how do you of get command that responsibility many? ceremony, where General Raymond will relinquish this work for everybody. Space Force General Chance Saltzman at ten thirty a.m. Secretary Austin will provide remarks and recognize General Raymond for his many years of dedicated service to our nation. And finally, Secretary Austin looks forward to hosting his Republic of Korea counterpart, Minister of National Defense Lee Jong Sook, on Thursday <laughs> for the Republic of Korea Security Consultative Meeting here at the Pentagon. John Arch says he gives good head. <laughs> the purpose of this annual consultative meeting is to serve as a venue to discuss and affirm national commitments. Yeah, I R- am, dude. Alliance, I'm a monster. And I'm mutually reinforcing and enduring manner. We'll yeah. have more information to provide on that in the coming days. With that, I will take your questions. We'll start with Tara AP.
0: My grandfather flushed his down the toilet to show you where my family stands on this. The former OSS agents, as some other Western officials
2: have noted.
0: Rest in peace,
7: Grandpa, Grandpa Hoyle. On supplying Russia. Um, up to a thousand additional. That's vehicles, even our even family's
0: vehicles, vehicles, last name. Additional drones.
12: Yep. Thanks, Tara. So we've seen the press reporting on that. Um, we don't have any specific information to provide. We do know that Russia has provided, uh, or excuse me, Iran has provided Russia with UAVs, uh, which we anticipate they'll likely seek more of those. We do have concerns uh, that Russia may also seek to acquire additional. Advanced uh, <sighs> munition capabilities from Iran, for example, surface well, uh, to surface missiles about Iran. in Ukraine. And so if we see Russia employing such capabilities on the battlefield, uh, we'll certainly do what we can to eliminate I that. Uh, I would say that uh, this just is. Indicative though, regardless, the relationship between Russia and Iran, it's true. Uh, their continued collusion to attack <laughs> Ukrainians, uh, Ukrainian citizens.
0: Yeah, so I'll, uh, just to elaborate a little bit, my grandfather Lin Hoyle fought Pacific Theater in Korea, predominantly in the Korean conflict, and entered into the OSS in between fighting in the, the Pacific Theater and going into the Korean conflict as OSS. And my other grandfather, Oh, oh man, what was his name? Started with the E. I wish I, not my grandfather, but his brother, my great uncle. He he fought in D-Day in Germany. They were both. Uh, one of them was drafted. Hit, their father was drafted, and then my grandfather snuck in from my great grandfather.
12: And sustain Russia's illegal occupation.
2: Is there anything else that
0: can be read into that, such as uh, Russia's munitions? that was a hell of a place back then.
2: State, and does it add any urgency? And we also had East Texas ties. Like the NACMs onto the battlefield. Well,
12: I think it does uh, speak to the state of Russia's munitions capability. We've said before uh, that we assess that they are uh, they continue to experience uh, supply shortages when it comes to munitions, particularly guided munitions. Uh, It also is indicative of where they're seeking munitions from countries like North Korea and Iran, uh, which says a lot about um, the kind of company they keep and where they stand in the world right now in terms of isolation. In terms of air defense capabilities, this continues to be a priority for the U.S. government, for the Department of Defense to work closely with the Ukrainians, with our allies and our partners to try to get them additional air defense capability. Uh, as you highlighted with the NASAMs, we expect those to be delivered very soon.
11: The NASAMs? Will allow the
12: Ukrainians to announce when those arrive in country. Um, but we're going to continue to look at other ways that we can support them. In addition, uh, Secretary Austin continues to speak frequently with his partners uh, and our allies, his counterparts, to identify what other capabilities might exist within their own stocks uh, or within their own defense industrial bases to be able to support Ukraine in that regard. Thank you, (laughs) Laura.
0: Thanks
3: for doing this. Um, There have been some reports that Iran is poised to carry out
13: attacks in Saudi Arabia and in Iraq to distract from the domestic protests. And that the Saudi and U.S. military has raised alert levels there. Can you confirm these reports? Iran is doing
0: shit now? Um,
12: Well, as you know, I'm I'm not going to talk about specific force protection levels. I can say uh, that we do remain concerned about the... The threat situation in the region, uh, we're re- in regular contact with our Saudi partners uh, in terms I of what information what they Mace may have to provide on, on that front. Um, but what we've said before, Service and i that we will <laughs> reserve the right to protect and I defend ourselves know. no matter where our forces are serving, whether uh, in Iraq I'm or I'm an elsewhere.
0: idiot tonight.
12: There is a specific threat. I'm not going to have anything beyond what I've provided. Thank you. That's base as fuck. um, Can you give us an update on when the NASAMS is going to be delivered?
0: Ivers says Iran is starting Saudi Arabia and I'm all... I mean, fuck it. (laughs) Iran is an ally. I keep saying they work the small hats, but no. No, dude, you're right. Saudi Arabia has made some kind of low-key deal with the devil. They worship the state much as a certain... Just look at Birthright Israel. We covered this in my anti-Semitism in hip-hop history episode. Uh,
12: Again, we expect them to be delivered uh, relatively soon. I'm not going to be able to get more specific than that. Uh, And for operation security purposes, we'll allow the Ukrainians to announce when they've arrived and when they're operational. Thank you. Okay, let me go to the phone here real quick, and then I'll come back to the room. Uh, Howard from uh, Warzone.
13: Thanks, Pat. A oh, question. Um, a Russian hacker called uh, Joker claims to have uh, accessed the Ukrainian oh, no. Delta uh, command and control system. Can you confirm that? And do you have? Does that raise additional concerns about similar U.S. systems?
12: Uh, thanks, Howard. I I don't have any information to provide on that. I'd I'd refer you to the Ukrainians to talk about their own uh, <laughs> systems. Uh, as you know, from a U.S. military standpoint, cyber what security, a joke. Uh, is something that we take very seriously uh, at, at every level. Uh, and while I don't have anything specific, Let's fast provide, forward is provided, but we'll, we'll get back to you on that. Is there any update on Starlink? Is uh, the Pentagon still in discussion with Man, Starlink and Star providers for providers uh, for Satcom, or is that ended? Can you provide any update on contracting? Sure. Um, what I would say is that we continue to discuss Ukraine's satellite communication needs uh, with Ukraine uh, and companies like SpaceX and others. I have SpaceX. no announcements to make today. in reg-
0: SpaceX is involved with this, too. I guess they're the ones that launched the Starlinks. My dad sent me a picture of a fucking rocket outside of Roswell getting ready to be launched. My stepmom sent it. I wish I could post that picture. Maybe I should make like, a little short on it. It looks so weird. It looks like a movie. I don't believe it.
12: ...regards to any potential contracts or future agreements. Um, as you know, on Friday, we did announce that we would be delivering uh, four SATCOM antenna uh, to Ukraine to, to support their satellite communication needs, but nothing new to announce today. Thank you. Ro.
9: Thank you very much, General. Uh, I want to ask you about the U.S. Uh, deployment of fighter jets uh, in Kadena Air Base in Okinawa as the F-15s are retiring. The Japanese Ministry of Defense said today the U.S. is considering to deploy considering options to deploy more capable aircraft to Kadena permanently. I'm wondering how soon the U.S. will make a complete I, long-term plan to replace F-15s. I say, uh-oh, hot dog! And do, do you think the U.S. should Those have races. worked out such a replacement plan before F-15s in Okinawa start uh, start leaving. Is that true,
12: Ivor? Yeah, thanks, Ro. Uh, So first of all, I would just say up front that the US commitment to Japan and regional security uh, and the defense of Japan remains ironclad. And so as part of the Air Force's, the US Air Force's modernization plan, uh, they are retiring F-15, C, and D models. uh, And this uh, fleet of aircraft, which has been in service- So
0: how does he have a script for every question? Is this just the norm now? Is everything scripted? Do they get all the questions ahead of time? We're looking at this. He He's looking down his notes after every press question. He's calling on people in order. This is fucking, man. This is how the Ministry of Information starts.
12: For more than 30 years, Uh-oh. Uh, we'll start a phase withdrawal from uh, Kadena Air Base starting on you know, today, 1 November. Um, so we'll continue to maintain a steady state presence. It's saying nobody's Air watching, by the way, by, rot- uh, by rotational deployments. And this will include fourth gen, uh, advanced fourth gen and fifth generation uh, aircraft to backfill the F-15s as they depart. So uh, I would certainly encourage you to reach out to the Air Force. They can provide you with some additional details on that. Thank you. All right, let me go to the phone here real quick. Uh, Heather from USNI.
8: Thank you so much. Um, two quick questions. Yeah, it's saying um, the there's like one person watching I to if there now. is any update to um a damage assessment or an idea of what caused the explosions at Sevastopol and Crimea. And then um, I heard that the that Red Hill is uh, the, the Joint Task Force Red Hill is planning to release its um most updated plan today. I was wondering if you have any comments on the current unpacking right now going on in the pipes or the potential plan coming out.
12: Yeah, thanks very much, Heather. Um, again, we uh, we are aware uh, of the explosions that occurred uh, near Sevastopol. Um, I don't have... Any- Dude, why...
0: He even called on somebody and he's still looking down. This is so bad. Man, Kayleigh any like she had notes, but she didn't have a script. There's a difference between having notes and having a script.
12: Any information to provide... Uh, specifically in terms of... Oh, Ivor's going to poop right now, um, so that's good to know. And we'll just leave it at that. As far as Red Hill goes, uh, we can we can get that information and come back to you um, as far as uh, the status of the unpacking. Thank you. Okay, sir. I thanks. Travis Tritton with military.com. Um, so the military has personnel inside... <laughs>
0: military.com.
12: Are, ...who are doing weapons inspections now. I'm wondering what the rules of engagement for those personnel are if they are fired on by the Russians or if they're targeted by the Russians. Yeah. So um, as mentioned, uh, we do have small teams uh, that are comprised of embassy personnel that are conducting uh, some inspections of security assistance delivery <laughs> at uh, a variety of locations. I had one of those today, uh, and again, this is part of a, a broader <laughs> effort um, of a lot the of pork, U.S. government. Green chili to roast. Track U.S.-provided uh, capabilities uh, and to prevent the illicit spread uh, throughout Eastern Europe. Uh, again, I will highlight up front, we have no indication that there has been any type of illicit spread. The capabilities that For we For the
0: provided, audio the only, Iverson, his poop is going to
12: be on the In terms of personnel uh, that are conducting these inspections, uh, my understanding is they would be well, uh, well far away from any type of frontline actions. Um, We are relying on the Ukrainians to do that. We're relying on other partners to do that.
0: Let's fast Uh, forward a little
12: bit more randomly. And then uh, right now we're anticipating delivery uh, to be uh, mid 2023. Thank you. All right. Let me go to Alex from Newsweek.
10: Oh, perfect hey thank you for doing this today so my music is based um, sometimes a few weeks ago cnn's farid zachariah asked zachariah. a question about potential re- wait is this
0: too lazy to try did he just sneak in and become a journalist at this press conference yeah so here i am interviewing this general george costanza picture comes up you know what i'm saying you guys know too lazy to try
10: russian nuclear weapons use in his response secretary austin said that the guy who that sounds the delicious decision, john it's one man there are no checks on mr putin just as he made the irresponsible decision to invade ukraine he could make another decision Does this assessment reflect the understanding of the Pentagon and if (laughs) Vladimir Putin gives order to use nuclear weapons, whether tactical or strategic, is there really no way for anyone in Russia to potentially stop such an order from being carried out? I'm telling you, he sounds
0: exactly like too lazy to try. This is uncanny.
10: Yeah, so,
12: you know, we continue to uh, take... President Putin's rhetoric very seriously. It's something we continue to monitor closely. Um, as Secretary Austin also said, we have no indications that President Putin has made a decision at this time to employ nuclear weapons. Uh, but again, it's something that we're going to watch very, very closely, continue to keep the lines of yes, communication with our allies and partners. GTA. Um, so we'll just leave it at that. Thank
0: US 1st
13: Airborne is there. Sure. I was curious to and
0: there's up troops on the
12: ground. The question of Iran supplying munitions
13: and go back to when the U.S. warned that, that Russia was reaching out to China and North Korea for, for different munitions. Um, China and North Korea both denied supplying, and I wondered if that remains the case. Does the U.S. believe that China and North Korea have at any point supplied weaponry or, or other equipment to, to Russia's war?
1: So we, don't, oh, we don't have any
12: indications at this time that China uh, has supplied, China or, uh, is intending to supply any capabilities to Russia. Uh, we do know, as we previously mentioned, that Russia has uh, solicited weapons uh, or ammo, rather, from North Korea. Um, and so that's obviously um, I've seen the uh, North Korean denials of that, you know, let them speak for themselves. Um, but uh, it is our assessment that, that continue to seek arms from Poland, North Korea and from Germany? Iran. Thank you. OK, let me go back out to the phone here. Jeff Shogel. He's corrected me.
0: Maybe they're not. Thank you. Exactly. Does the in Pentagon have any kind of assessment of how many helicopters and uh, fixed wing aircraft the Russians have lost
12: in Ukraine since February?
0: Uh, Mars Bar says, I like your foreskin hat. It's because I still have mine. So this is an homage.
12: Thanks, Jeff. I don't I don't have any numbers to provide uh, from the podium.
0: <laughs> <you>. the
12: <laughs> OK, let's go to Phil Stewart Reuters. <laughs> I just wanted to clarify. Same, something same, Ivor. Come were on, about, bro. Uh, there were no Dude,
0: you're quickly becoming a super for Ukraine, bro. I understand. But, man, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> They're in the region. The shit's imminent. They're definitely supplying troops or supplies or something to our troops in Ukraine.
3: That uh, donor weapons had been uh, illicitly of uh, uh, trafficked uh, out of ukraine um, i was wondering does that include uh, weapons that were potentially captured by russian forces and then later you know made their way out thanks
12: yeah so so part of this uh, weapons inspectors is, uh, when there are losses on the battlefield for example uh, the ukrainians uh, reporting those losses so that we can account for those capabilities thank you
0: uh, NATO sorry, wants Teddy to be, Passier bro. Bloomberg. You know Ivor. You know Ivor. Hi,
4: Pat. A couple questions. One, <laughs> on the, uh, long now forgotten national defense strategy. I've seen posters in the Pentagon corridors with the wordings from the NDS <laughs> talking about campaigning. It defines campaigning as a conduct and sequencing of logically linked military activities. It's to achieve Strategy-aligned spicy. objectives over time. Can you translate into that into English in terms of an example or <laughs> can, speak, campaigning- can you speak? Can speak English, motherfucker? English. Meaning is since the Pentagon is highlighting that phrase.
12: Sure. Thanks, Tony. I mean that seems perfectly clear to me. So, <laughs> um, and it really it's exactly uh, what it says in terms of campaigning. And so if you think of individual activities, uh, engagements. Uh, the sum of those parts to achieve operational objectives or strategic objectives is really what campaigning is all about. And so, uh, for example, um, as you look at uh, the fight in Ukraine right now, and you look at uh, the individual battles that Ukraine is fighting, uh, the campaign is the broader uh, strategic or operational effort. And so for the national defense strategy, uh, as we look at carrying out that strategy and, and addressing, uh, our pacing challenge, uh, China, uh, the plan is clear that the kinds of activities that we undertake will contribute, uh, to the ends that we desire, which is a free and open Indo-Pacific, uh, and the kinds of engagements and activities uh, that we will undertake that all accumulate, uh, to achieve that effect or those outcomes. Thank you. All right. Courtney.
13: On your list that you're
12: going to get back Spirted to us on the, um,
2: the military personnel who are doing these inspections, if it's possible, if, if you can provide the information about, you know, whether they're military or civilian, when the inspection started, um, like stopped and started, as somebody asked, um, and then just any kind of a rough idea of like how many personnel there are, how many of these inspections they've been doing, like, you know, are, are they actually kind of going to the front lines? Are they And also, are they doing these in person or are there virtual ones? Sure. They're doing so like any more fidelity on it, I
13: think is would be would be yeah. helpful.
12: A- absolutely. I would also point you to the transcript from the background briefing uh, that was conducted yesterday with a senior defense official that talked to get his of, notes, address some of your questions in terms of employing uh, capabilities, virtual capabilities, for example, in terms of working with the Ukrainians to get. these. Let's go ahead and get towards the end. This is a whole lot okay. of bullshit. Uh, and then the last question. I hate this to, last uh, question. question. Tina Sanli from Turkish News.
0: Oh, Turkish News. The Ottomans are in on it. Thank you very much for the briefing, General Reiser. My question is about the U.S. Holy military shit. deployments to Greece. Uh, some press reports in Greece say the U.S. is planning to send 600 soldiers as well as 1st Army Aviation Brigade, mainly consists of attack helicopters from the fort of Texas to the Alexandria Port in Greece. Uh, these reports are accurate, as the DOD confirms these reports. Thank you.
12: Thank you very much. I'm, I'm not uh, tracking anything at the moment, but we'll look into that and come back to you. Okay. And final question goes to Louis.
4: Hassan Parker! Can you tell us when the monitoring of weapons to Ukraine began? Yes,
12: yeah, so I think Courtney asked that question, so we'll look into that.
4: it prompted by the State Department's announcement last week, or is it already- So this is, really- my
12: understanding, this has been an ongoing effort, right? And so uh, State Department uh, announced the plan um, this week. Um, but my understanding is that the, the plan's been in development for a while. But we'll, we'll get back to you on the those specifics. And
11: a senior official said yesterday
12: that DOD was conducting
11: hands-on training with
4: Ukrainian military forces um, so that they could gather data in areas where the U.S. personnel could not go. Um is that a training program that's taking place inside Ukraine, or
11: is
12: that something that's taking place outside of the country? It's happening inside your
0: mind.
12: Let's yeah, get back to you on that. Thank you. Okay. Thanks very much, everybody. Appreciate it.
0: All right. That was terrible. All of it was terrible. <laughs> Let's see. We have Russia saying navy hit by massive Ukraine Ukraine a boat drone. Boat drone attack. You're
14: about to see a powerful explosion. A massive drone attack, say the Russians, accusing Ukraine of, they claim, damaging their fleet of warships in the Crimean port of Sevastopol. While these are murky waters, what is clearer, Crimea is extremely symbolic and a strategic site for President Vladimir Putin. It was illegally annexed by Russia from Ukraine back in 2014. This is undoubtedly Ledgerly. hit a nerve in Moscow.
8: Today at 4.20 a.m., the Kyiv regime carried out a terrorist attack on Black Sea fleet ships and civilian vessels on the outer and inner harbors of the Sevastopol base station. The attack involved nine unmanned aerial vehicles and seven autonomous marine drones. Because of the measures taken by the Black Sea fleet's ships, all the aerial targets were destroyed
14: as Russia claimed they began this counterattack from the skies above the port. While Ukraine have not admitted any involvement, as they rarely do on claims made by Russian authorities in Crimea, this video appears to show an unmanned naval vessel. Its magnitude has, however, been felt from all sides as the diplomatic war of words intensified. Without providing evidence, Russia then singled out British troops, accusing them of being involved not only in today, but in last month's attack on the Nord Stream gas pipelines.
8: According to available information, representatives of this unit of the British Navy took part in the planning, provision and implementation of a terrorist attack in the Baltic Sea on September 26th this year, blowing up the Nord Stream 1 and Nord Stream 2 gas pipelines. And in
14: a stormy exchange, the UK's Ministry of Defence responded. This is about as on the nose as it gets in military speak, accusing Russia of resorting to peddling false claims of an epic scale to detract from what they called their disastrous handling of the illegal invasion of Ukraine. More uncharted mm. waters now lie ahead.
0: Do you guys notice that the narrative is, like, not clear-cut at all? It's just a whole bunch of finger-pointing back and forth, right? At some point, there's going to have to be a good guy and a bad guy. And they're gearing us up for that, people. Don't you? Don't you? I'm not going to be Tim Pool. I'm not going to make a whole bunch of fucking videos on this. But if the media wants it, if the players involved want it, And Russia doesn't want to back down. We're heading towards a world war.
7: Well, Ukraine has accused Moscow of engaging in yet more primitive blackmail. Our foreign affairs correspondent, Porik O'Brien, is in Nipro. Porik.
15: Jackie, some of the more reliable pro-Russian military telegram channels are reporting today that one of the ships that was struck in what, what many was talking about in the report there, that one of those ships was called the Admiral Makarov. Now, that's the flagship of the Russian fleet in the Black Sea. Those uh, telegram channels are also saying that its radar system was damaged. That's significant on two fronts. First of all, it's the flagship and the last flagship, the Moscow, sank famously in April. But in terms of the radar systems, the Russians launch cruise missiles from the Admiral Makarov. cruise missiles that we've seen wreak devastation on the civilian infrastructure of Ukraine recently.
0: I got to ask Iver because you're so confusing. Like you say, it's crystal clear you, but you haven't mentioned exactly your point. Are we just the good guys? Is it is this like your like your view like just honestly like are we the good guys in this and like we should be backing Ukraine Russia is an existential threat. they're trying to make an alliance with China like what's the rationale? like I don't understand this 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 super aggression towards Russia when all through history they've been fucked since poor Arthur at every terms. At every turn in terms of like entering the global system you know like i don't i don't understand the opposite point of view sometimes from the point of view that i have which is that we're warmongers We want this to happen china wants to weaken russia they want to probably make some gains in eastern russia i will get to a little bit of a clip on that but i
15: i I don't think it's so clear-cut, man. So that is why this is potentially significant militarily. Beyond the battlefield, if you like, though, it has other significance. You spoke about the grain deal earlier. Remember, this was a deal broken... So you think Putin's Hitler brokered by Turkey and the UN, I should say, back in July. It allowed grain to be exported back out of Ukrainian ports like Odessa. Remember, the World Food Program buys something like half of its grain from Ukraine. So Russia has officially said it's withdrawing from that deal. There were problems with the deal already, but this is an official announcement that they are withdrawing. And that is a big issue for particularly developing countries Expect in the weeks That's interesting. to come more talk, warning of food crises and potentially famine in developing countries.
7: All right, thanks very much. Well, meanwhile, Ukraine has warned citizens to expect even longer blackouts after more energy infrastructure <laughs> is damaged by Russian attacks. Officials have urged millions of refugees like not my to try sh- and my asshole into English to avoid putting strain on limited resources. But after months of war, some have managed to go back for a few days to see relatives and check up on their home. We travelled with one young English teacher. She made the risky journey back to Kharkiv in eastern Ukraine.
0: Oh my God!
7: Sob story. Home, not sure what she will find. She's wearing a fanny pack, she's, so she's not that scared. Home in Kharkiv back in March when the city was under relentless attack by Russian forces. <laughs>
0: She's excited to be on the train. So.
13: Kharkiv is uh, really suffering right now. A lot of bombing
7: I watched that. She came to England under the refugee scheme, thanks to a sponsor who offered her a room in his home in South London. Hi, Hello. how are you doing? <laughs> but seven months later, she decided to go back with her sister to check in on friends and family. And find out what has happened to her city since she left.
13: It is very she's strange dead strange because the city on the one hand lives and fights and its heart beats because there are some shops and some restaurants, uh, the transport is running, so the city is breathing. But on the other hand, the city is big and usually a lot of people live here. That looks now pretty fucked not up that crowded. And to see this huge megapolis so empty is really strange.
7: I think it's called a megapolis. Kharkiv is just 20 miles from the Russian border. And although Ukrainian forces have liberated almost the entire province, the city is deep scarred Metropolis. by bomb damage.
13: For every Kharkiv citizen. Those places are parts of their lives. I
0: just have to say, hold on, let's go back, let's go back, guys. Come on, man. Let's let's be real. I want everybody to be real. She has a full set of cooking utensils, a French press, box tea in the background, some really nice silicone kind of like dishes in the you know, left beyond her shoulder. Uh, she has an olive oil, you know, on her stovetop, a gas range, and she's from Ukraine.
13: Okay. Places are parts of their lives. So when you see it, you think of your own life and your own past. Like, oh, I met my school friend. Here. It doesn't look like I a war zone. Smell of coffee here. I had a lovely date here. Albuquerque. And yes. Now it's just all ruins and it smells of death and destruction
7: and fear. Missile and drone attacks are now a part of life. I'm telling
0: you, Albuquerque is probably more disheveled than most major cities in
7: Ukraine. Yet those who've remained in the city somehow carry on. Electricity supplies are now extremely limited. With rolling we'll get some heat for that. Power cuts. At night, the city is plunged into complete darkness and winter is coming. But Spitlana is looking forward to the time she can move back home for good.
13: I'm so worried about people who are still here. My cliff. The fucking
0: river and a bridge.
13: I think they are really made of steel. Putting her ass ass out. So scared every minute. I hope that they don't have so much stress. She has a cat out on the street. I don't even do that forward to our victory Mm. to go back home as well i miss this place i love it so much
0: the narrative is falling apart (laughs) let's see i think we have a lot of um ukraine talk already happening we have this video right here on Xi jinping's move to grab eastern russia potentially behind this i don't know i don't know how many more videos we should show let's go ahead and get into it let's watch this for a little bit this is from crux i'm super sus on them specialist so qi eyeing former chinese territory it's like video essay music right now will qi Jinping forgo taiwan to grab russian far east while much of the world's attention remains on ukraine china's qi Jinping submitted his position in beijing with a third term the end of the 20th national congress of chinese communist party saw qi emerge as the strongest leader since now the Elevation of Xi's loyalists has raised fears that his unquestionable power could increase the risk of an attack on Taiwan. Experts believe that Qi's powerful base will rapidly push Beijing to pursue its territorial ambitions of capturing Taiwan. However, observers say that China has a better opportunity to target the Russian Far East than take on Taiwan. Is China thinking of taking over Russia's Far East? And this has been kind of a, uh, a a sticky point in history, right? That whole region up there, that Korean pen- Peninsula, Manchuria, um, Port Arthur, Russia, England, the United States, several different kingdoms and nation states have fought over that region forever. And somehow I feel like we're manipulating a lot of this conflict. You know, that, that's basically one of my main points. But, you know, here's a little funny. This this video is quite funny from DW News. How Ukrainian Americans could tip the U.S. midterm elections. We're going to see a lot of war talk this next week, people. For sure.
1: Until recently, there was one issue in the very polarized U.S. that enjoyed bipartisan support. So I'm talking about the Biden administration's strong commitment to supplying Ukraine with military help. But in the course of campaigning ahead of these midterm elections, the first voices of dissent have emerged, with some Republicans saying that the U.S. cannot afford to keep writing blank checks for Ukraine. In the Midwestern battleground state of Ohio, the Republican Senate candidate is against funding the war in Ukraine. That has not gone down well with the Ukrainian community in the Hmm. town of Parma. DW's Enos Pohl. She traveled there. Hmm.
8: Welcome to Parma, Ohio. A quiet city of 80,000 has become ground zero for the battle over U.S. support for Ukraine. Nearly half of the population is of Ukrainian heritage. Traditionally, they've supported Republicans, but this year, that could change. Rudy's strudel and bakery lies in the heart of Parma and is known for its Ukrainian specialities.
2: Our progies are well known internationally, I'd like to say, because we have some interesting flavors along with our traditional flavors.
0: Could you be more of a stereotype? Quit fucking
8: baking shit. Lydia's mother... A refugee from Ukraine herself took over the shop in
2: 1974. When we heard about the war, the night that the attacks first happened, um, I mean, we were up all night. We have cousins in Ukraine, so what we did is that that following Saturday, we donated all proceeds of sales to um, to the cause in Ukraine, um, which raised about ten thousand dollars that very day. This war. She speaks American English. Isn't just. Miles and miles away, it's right here. It's in our front doorstep. It's on our telephones. It's on our emails. It is happening to us, and it's the same exact thing that happened. I hate identity politics to our parents that are here.
8: Only days away from election day, the support
0: has been some
15: in, my in the
8: state of Ohio. J.D. Vance is the Republican candidate for
0: Senate, and he's been saying things. (laughs) J.D. Vance is based? I can't can't wait to see what they say.
1: Like this. It is not America first to ignore the problems of your own country and to focus instead on Ukraine. Enough with the escalation. Let's focus on our own citizens, our own problems, and ignore the candidates who want us to fight a war with Vladimir Putin because it makes them feel tough.
0: People here who worry about the situation in Ukraine. Yes, this is nationalism. And I am in favor of nationalism. I'm also anti-free trade in in the in the effect in that free trade is not free and it's not fair. And it's you know, protectionism is free trade, but they manipulated a the language so long to tell these countries that they shouldn't protect their goods to where they have to trade bananas for laptops and be completely indebted to a country. No dude,' I, I'm, a, I'm a student of Latin American politics and yeah, this is uh, I'm totally a nationalist. like that at all and this matters because the
8: results here in Ohio could be so close that the Ukrainian vote could be decisive. Tysa Kulik, Michael Dobronos and Petro Fadinsky are deeply involved in the Ukrainian-American community and are all volunteering at the Ukrainian Museum in nearby Cleveland.
2: I think it's a shame that we have seen this become a polarizing issue in the United States when the war
0: began. It was bipartisan support. I deny Ukrainian nationalism because I've delved into this and I've learned that it's been in conflict for about 400 years and that it's never been quite settled. And the and the way Russia's history has turned out, it's been a really back and forth. Like it's even beyond that. It's like thousands of years. We go back to this, but I don't know if people can really point to the birth of a true Ukraine you know, I would like to see that. I would like to see that. Otherwise, it's been a conflict region. Just like Palestine, just like the Middle East, just like the, the Korean Peninsula, just like, you know, the heart of Africa in the late 1800s, mid 1800s to whenever, I don't know, whatever was recognized, I guess, with history books. 1991, that's too recent, man. They should have been part of Russia. Russia shouldn't have been forced to break up, necessarily. Like, the communist threat wasn't exactly real. The Cold War was a farce. That's kind of what I base a lot of this lens on. Like, Russia should have had that right to sovereignty. It had the right to its treaties with with its... uh, with its... I guess its protectorates or its states or however you want to describe that but ukraine was devised as a medley ground because we couldn't you know quite um, achieve what we wanted in world war ii
1: and i consistently voted conservatively i will not vote for that person jd vance because he is not representative of the what's my opinion philosophy that i belong to
5: experienced Republican established in Ohio and the United States understands the importance of Ukraine and supports Ukraine it seems that the Maga Republicans do not
2: our children are watching what are we setting up for the next generation it's it's about them it's about these children that, that don't have a home
8: for many here in Palma the support of Ukraine is not politics it's a matter of life or death and this Could lead many Ukrainian Americans to change their vote from Republican to Democrat. And here in Ohio, that could make all the difference.
0: All right, let's get to some breaking new details of the San Francisco DA. I know that's shocking to Ivor, but like, I don't find what I said to be incredibly that shocking. Like, You know, we have a lot to bear for how that conflict played out, you know, post World War II. We definitely escalated it. And looking back on how information is manipulated, like it begs the question as as to the fact if it was ever that serious or if it was just used to justify never ending wars, which we have found ourselves in going back to this uh, conflict. I feel like Russia's always going to be a boogeyman. If another Central European power is going to rise to prominence that leans Christian, they're going to be also deemed as another threat potentially to the order over there. But the EU is so strong. The EU is like the new USSR, which which is the whole irony in all this to me. <laughs> Thanks, Ivor, <laughs> for calling me ignorant as hell. <laughs> San Francisco DA reveals shocking new details of Paul Pelosi attack.
6: I am San Francisco District Attorney Brooke Jenkins, and I want to start by first uh, sending our well wishes to Mr. Do you Pelosi really think once again um, we are truly going to take for over the world? Recovery on his part. I want to also start by thanking the San Francisco Police Department for their immediate and swift investigation of this case. I am here today to formally announce charges against Mr. David Depap in connection with the violent attack on Mr. Pelosi. The charges that we are filing today include attempted murder, residential burglary, assault with a deadly weapon, elder abuse, false imprisonment of an elder, as well as threats to a public official and their family. These charges It's
0: really to see what triggers people. When one issue can trigger you, you can't entertain the extreme opposite of what you
6: think. Like I don't know the following facts, many of which are contained in the federal affidavit that was filed today, as well as will be contained in the motion to detain Mr. Depap that we file tomorrow. Mr. Depap specifically targeted the Pelosi home to confront Speaker Pelosi he forced his way into the home through a rear glass door by breaking (laughs) that glass. I don't think he did though. I don't think he did though. Made his way upstairs to the second floor of the home, locating Mr. Pelosi in his bed sleeping. He woke him up, confronting him about the whereabouts of Speaker Pelosi. Mr. Pelosi, who was sleeping, was wearing a loose fitting pajama shirt, and boxer shorts. He was forced to get out of bed and at some point during that encounter Mr. Pelosi attempted to access the elevator in the home which has a phone. <laughs> the defendant then blocked Mr. Pelosi's access to You know,
0: just just like most homes
6: do <laughs> to that elevator. It was at some point after that Mr. Pelosi asked to go to the bathroom which is where he was able to call 911 from his cell phone. The defendant, realizing that Mr. Pelosi had called 911, took Mr. Pelosi downstairs near the front door of the residence. <laughs> two police officers arrived at the front door. Then he fucked him. Two minutes after that 911 call. When that door was opened, the defendant was holding his hammer, which Mr. Pelosi appeared to be attempting to control by holding a portion of that hammer. The defendant then pulled the hammer away from Mr. Pelosi and violently struck him in the top of his head. Hmm. Sounds... The police then immediately apprehended the defendant. What we also have learned is that the defendant... They waited
0: for the attack, though.
6: ...brought to the location of the Pelosi residence a second hammer, as well as zip ties, rope, and a roll of tape. Wait... Did he bring that or did the police
0: bring that?
6: (laughs) What is clear based on the evidence that we have thus far is that this house and the speaker herself were specifically targets of the defendant. As for next steps, the defendant is expected to be arraigned tomorrow afternoon. My office will be filing a motion to detain him without bail, and that is based on What is obvious and severe public safety risks that the defendant poses to San Francisco as well as the outer community. Violence has no place in this city. And we will work vigorously to hold the defendant accountable.
0: But do does accountable.
6: One last thing that I want to say today is that as leaders and as citizens It is incumbent upon us all to watch the words that we say and to turn down the volume of our political rhetoric. We should be able to all engage in passionate political discourse, but still remain respectful of.
0: I like her little star badge on her lapel. One
6: another. Violence certainly has no place in San Francisco or in politics. Thank you. Hey, Sean Hannity.
0: All right, everybody, that is the show for tonight. Please give it that like, comment, share, subscribe. I'll talk to you guys later. I hope you guys have a good evening, and we will talk to you soon. I'll probably be off the rest of this week of going out of town. We got a memorial service to go to this weekend, and I might post a few Carlsbad videos, but we'll see. Anyways, have a good night. Hasta luego.